the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We're underway at 10 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Tuesday, the seventh morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 20. 23. Cursing our day today. You know that's what Tuesdays are. Yes, indeed. We will all get to be educated and illuminated and enlightened by the brilliance of Peter Cursenow. He's got a lot on his mind. That'll be coming up at 10.10, one hour from now. But prior to and following that conversation, we're wide open. Plenty of opportunities for you at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers brings you here and up and on to the radio. So we've got a wide open first hour and a wide open third hour. Peter Kersenow will occupy the middle. So there's a lot to get into today. Last night, Tucker Carlson um, teased us, is how I'm going to frame this. He teased us. And in my estimation, it it was not good enough, and I can only hope and expect that it is just that. It's a tease. There is much, much more meat on the bone. 
We just got a little tiny nibble of it. There is a lot more to come from the January 6th videos. 40,000 plus hours of video. Now, he came right out yesterday and said, look, you know, my team has been looking through this stuff for three weeks. I still don't think that's nearly enough time. He said um, the vast majority of the 40,000 hours are, you know, security cameras that are in areas that are completely empty. There's nobody there. So those are waste. Those are, you know, not waste, but those are irrelevant. He said, however, there is there are a lot of other things that they were able to find, and they were able to prove and debunk a lot of what was said by the January 6th committee. And he displayed a couple of those things. I had somebody ask me this morning what my impressions were of it. Actually, I asked somebody else what their impressions were, and then the reverse. And my answer is I was underwhelmed. <clears throat> I was underwhelmed by what we um, were presented last night by Tucker and his team. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting <clears throat> that the inf- uh, the information that was presented was um, untrue or was not important. It's just not nearly enough. When we're talking about 40,000 hours, we have to focus on more than three people. And that's literally all it was. Last night, Tucker focused on the QAnon shaman, as he is known, for the entire first segment, showing that this man who's been given four years in prison didn't do anything that was extraordinary or certainly to warrant that kind of a sentence when the overwhelming number of videos that featured him showed him being led around by police officers. And I have said this before, too, by the way. Anybody who walked into that Capitol through an open door held by a police officer cannot be charged. Not with trespassing, not with any kind of violation whatsoever, because what are we trained and taught to do as citizens? To obey the police. To follow police orders. And if one sees a police officer holding a door open, or, or, or pulling a velvet rope back and saying, go on in, one thinks that one is following the law. Meaning, not that the officer is ordering you to go in, but if the officer is saying, sure, go ahead, one has to assume this is an agent of the law. This is, this is a law enforcement officer, protect and serve. And if he says it's okay to go in, well, then I guess I'm not breaking any laws, right? I get to go in. So watching what we saw last night, if you watched Tucker Carlson tonight on the January 6th committee, special uh, uh, presentations last night, the Jan- I'm sorry, not the committee, January 6th video, special presentation, because Kevin McCarthy gave only Tucker Carlson full access to all the videos. Now, if you, don't, if you don't recall this, we requested, when I say we, I requested of Congressman Jim Jordan that he talk to Speaker McCarthy to try to get at least a copy of the 40,000 hours released to uh, True the Vote. Tom Zawistowski, our good friend at We the People Convention, uh, has been working very closely with uh, Catherine Engelbrecht at uh, True the Vote, and they believed that they had the best use of that video by way of using AI software that did have facial recognition capabilities. Tucker said last night right out of the gate, we don't have facial recognition capabilities. Well, according to what I've been told by True the Vote and by Tom, 
Um, they did have that software capability, and they could have absolutely identified people, uh, you know, through that uh, software to really follow everybody around, uh, not just through the various camera angles that we saw last night, but I don't want to get too far off into the weeds there. The point being, Kevin McCarthy gave this only to Tucker. I wish he had given it to True the Vote as well, but so far Tucker has it, and they did show that the QAnon shaman, again, as he's called, um, was being led around by police officers. He had to have believed, had to have, that what he's doing is okay. As he was walking through the Capitol and being led around, they weren't cuffing him. They weren't arresting him. They didn't have him on the ground. They didn't say, you can't be in here. You're under arrest for trespassing. Even when he yelled. He's following police officers around who are pulling on locked doors to see if he could, if they would open so that he could have a look-see. He was just basically taking a guided tour. Now, I've got no particular reason to defend this guy. Very strange guy. The one wearing the, you know, the Viking helmet with the horns and the painted face and all the rest. And, you know, again, that's, that's the, you know, the QAnon shaman guy is essentially uh, uh, the face of this whole thing. But the reality is, they painted out him to be some sort of leader of an insurrection, and he wasn't. He was being guided around by police officers for the overwhelming majority of the time he was there. He had to have thinking, this is okay. He had to have been thinking that, because that's what you would think if a police officer says, sure, go in. If a cop opens the door to a public facility, or even to a you know the Capitol building, and motions, you go ahead. You have to be thinking, I'm not breaking the law. I have permission. Who do I get permission from? The authority figure. Who's the authority figure? The police officer. The guy with the badge is the authority figure. Oh, he says we can go in? Okay, good. And they're leading him around. I think at one point they showed no less than nine officers right there next to uh, and in a hallway with the uh, QAnon shaman guy. And every one of them was just like, oh, hey, <laughs> now he's got four years in prison for taking a guided tour? That's a problem. So they focused on him, then they focused on Officer Brian Sicknick. Tragic story of a police officer who lost his life not on that day. This is the story they wanted you to buy. This is the story they sold. This is the story they told for a very long time. That Brian Sicknick was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher by these these, um, anarchists who were there to overthrow... And create an in uh, the government and uh, by way of insurrection, it was never true. Brian Sicknick is shown in some of the video in the second portion, walking around the Capitol, directing some traffic, pu- pulling some signs, and moving them out of the way after he was supposedly murdered by fire extinguisher. Of course, we all know Brian Sicknick did not die that day, but that's not the story told by Joe Biden repeatedly. That's not the story told by Nancy Pelosi repeatedly. That's not the story told by the legacy mainstream media repeatedly. They said over and over and over again that police officers were killed by the crowd. It was never true. So we got to see that. And then we got a tiny taste at the end of the idea of feds being in the crowd and instigating some of the uh, uh, you know, bad behavior. And there was plenty of bad behavior on that day. Not everybody got the guided tour following police officers. We're just talking about the overwhelming majority of them, a very small percentage of the crowd on January 6th broke windows, smashed down doors, 
did any kind of vandalism or, vi- or, or, or damage or violence of any kind to anybody. Very small percentage. And those people should be held accountable to the level that the law allows by way of the law. And that includes due process and a right to a speedy trial, all of which has been denied to so many of these people who continue to be held in horrific, we are told, conditions for two and a half, not two and a half, two years and two months. So the very small number of people who were incited by many, including some believed to be feds, including Ray Epps, we got a little taste of that, and that was it. So it's kind of like, you know, I felt like I was promised last night by Tucker a, 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 a summer blockbuster movie, and all I got was a little trailer. That's how I felt. I mean, the QAnon story was really interesting. So was the Brian Sicknick video, and so was the Ray Epps, you know, uh, part at the end. But that was just a trailer. I hope there's a feature presentation coming because I didn't see it last night, and I needed to see it last night when it was promised. Essentially, you know, here comes, you know, it was a very big lead up, very big build up that Tucker gave there. You know, making sure to let everybody know there's no edited footage, nothing has been changed or altered in any way. Um, so I'm just curious as to how you felt about it. I was uh, reaching out to some people this morning. Like I said, what did you think? And they asked me what I thought, and I said I was underwhelmed. I was. Um, that's not to say, by the way, that I am in any way less outraged than I was before at the treatment of some of these, uh, uh, what I call political prisoners, including the QAnon shaman guy. Because again, what they showed, what the, the you know, that the, um, January 6th committee refused to show, and that we did see last night, changes the narrative completely. The January 6th committee selectively edited and chose to show certain videos out of context, including of that individual, and including uh, uh, really shots of the crowd. They'll, they'll show the cl- uh, crowd that's climbing up the wall. They'll show the shots of the crowd that was, a very small percentage, breaking windows. But they showed none of the guided tours, none of the police officers, not only condoning but almost encouraging, sure, go ahead, the behavior of some. Um, so they gave you absolutely two years of investigation uh, and presentation of out-of-context video withholding very important pieces of video evidence that may have changed the narrative. But they didn't want to change the narrative. The narrative had to be Donald Trump, orange man bad, who we already impeached twice, can never be allowed to run for office again. The way to make that happen is to say this was an insurrection, It was not just a protest that got out of control. It was an insurrection, a planned insurrection, an overthrow of the government, the duly elected government, by the way, without arms. (laughs) They had no guns, none whatsoever. They claimed they were armed with sticks. Those are commonly called flagpoles. People were carrying flags on poles. Therefore, those sticks could be used as weapons, so therefore they were armed. An armed insurrection, they said, to try to overthrow a duly elected government. And, and, and that would be enough to stop Orange Man Bad from ever running again. We claim this was an insurrection, that they killed cops, that they committed all kinds of violence and anarchy 
And it was all at the direction of Donald Trump, all at the direction of the guy who said, you know, we're going to go up there and we're going to peacefully and patriotically make our voices heard, was the one who led the insurrection, the violent insurrection. That was their narrative, and they spent two years on that unselect committee trying to present that out of context, selectively edited video and, and testimony. And that's exactly why they would not allow neither Jim Jordan or... Jim Banks, to serve on that committee. Those were the first two names put forth by Kevin McCarthy to get members of the committee from the Republican Party. And Nancy Pelosi spiked them both, said, nope, and there's a reason, because they would ensure there would be no out-of-context testimony or video. They would have asked questions about why Nancy Pelosi refused to uh, to uh, uh, allow the National Guard to make sure to protect the Capitol in the event of things getting out of hand. They would have asked all of the questions in the video. They would have presented the video that we're talking about right now. So it turned into, rather than a bipartisan select committee, it turned out to be a complete nine-to-nothing uh, um, stacked committee. Seven Democrats who hated Trump and two Republicans, Cheney and Kinzinger, who hated Trump. So it was nine prosecutors, zero defense attorneys, and out of context trash the entire way through. So last night we got a small little sample size, I think, of what the rest of this video should show. And I hope Tucker's got more planned. For now, I feel like I was given an appetizer and I'm waiting for the meal. I'm curious as to how you feel. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. You think about that and then call me about it. we got more to talk about. But first, friends, we'll take before we take our first break, let's uh, go ahead and rise and face our flags, put our hand on our heart, and uh, let's go ahead and pledge our allegiance to the flag that represents this great republic. If you are a believer in that unselect committee, and if you think your lying eyes are actually deceiving you and that all of these people are being given long prison sentences, deserve them for following the orders of police officers in the Capitol, well, then you're too naive or willfully stupid to understand what this flag represents anyway. You are therefore exempted from the request to pledge your allegiance to it. Instead, you may... Take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback, while the rest of us say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It is 925 Always Right Radio. We'll be right back on AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, nine twenty nine. Real quick, before the uh, top or the bottom of the hour, rather break. They've made a decision in Wadsworth. Groomer Fest twenty three on Saturday, March eleventh, is happening. They made the decision yesterday. We talked to Bob Thurber, the city council president, who opposed this completely, but the mayor. Uh, apparently makes the call between the, the mayor consulting with her uh, staff, including the safety director. The safety director in Wadsworth must have decided that it would be safe to have Groomer Fest 23 from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the uh, Wadsworth uh, Park. Uh, they decided to let this go. The That's the drag time story hour and presentation for your children. It's going to happen. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you exactly how the city justified it next, and I'll take your phone calls. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Always Right Radio is right back. 
keeping you informed among the uninformed. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Nine thirty six now. Always right. Radio continuing on AM fourteen twenty. The answer and always right is uh, correct. You can take that uh, in either direction, either way that you understand the word right, because I think it applies to both. Um, so here's another thing we're right about: Groomer Fest twenty twenty three. It's uh, it's approved. We talked yesterday to Bob Thurber. He's the um, city council president in Wadsworth, and uh, council president Thurber said. Not only should we not have this groomer fest, which is uh, what they're, you know, that's what I'm calling it. They're calling it some sort of humanist drag story hour type thing. I don't even know what the nut job who is pushing this thing um, um, actually wants to call it. It's irrelevant. We know what it is. It is rabble rousing. It is an attempt to create chaos and anarchy in a very conservative community like Wadsworth. This LGBTQ extremist wants to bring the most vile and the most reprehensible style of drag that he possibly can for all ages to tell parents completely warped and irredeemable parents by the way because that's what you have to be if you bring your child to an event like this you're warped you are an ex- you, you are demented you are borderline abusive All right, I'll take it past the borderline. You're abusive of your child if you take your child to this. His initial plan was to bring in this this drag queen that is more than just a sexualized drag queen, the way all of them are. Um, Like I said yesterday, you never see these drag queens coming to perform dressed like Mrs. Doubtfire. They're dressed in in sexual clothing with thigh-high stockings and thongs or very revealing... um, uh, outfits uh, made up to look like prostitutes. I mean, this is quite obvious what they are and what they're being. You never see them coming and dressed modestly. So he, he was going to up that game. The first plan, plan A was to have this drag queen of the macabre, which, of course, has to do with death and torture and violence and, and destruction. Uh, that was that was going to be the person who was going to come and read to the kids and then perform songs, uh, or probably more likely dance to the songs, twerk to the songs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, that was the original plan. It was going to be held at a at a bar slash restaurant in uh, in Wadsworth until the bar slash restaurant realized exactly what kind of backlash they were getting for it, so they pulled out. They couldn't find another venue, so they got to have it in an open area. They can't get an actual private business to, to support this thing. So now it's going to be in, uh, in the park, at Memorial Park, in the pavilion on Saturday. So anyway, Bob Thurber, the city council president, told me on this program yesterday he opposed it for a lot of reasons, and they are the right reasons. In fact, moreover, what Bob also said yesterday, and he also said this in a letter uh, to, the, um, uh, to the mayor and to, uh, I think it was just a general statement from, uh, from Bob Thurber, that they should not only ban this thing or not allow this thing to happen, they should also consider legislation. Quote, the state of Tennessee has already passed a state law to protect their children by prohibiting these kinds of events. I will be asking Wadsworth City Council to consider legislation that would ban adult-oriented performances held on pro- city property with minors in attendance. Bob is, of course, right. 
But Bob doesn't make the call. The mayor makes the call. And the mayor of Wadsworth uh, has decided that, yes, we are going to go ahead and hold this event. We are going to go ahead and allow this event to be held. And according to Robin Lawbaugh, the, uh, the uh, mayor of Wadsworth, she's claiming they don't have any choice. So let me read the statement to you. Statement on permit approval for the Q Memorial, which is a joke. This is not about raising money for families of the Q shooting or anything of that nature. The Q Memorial Drag Queen Story Hour event. This is nothing more than the same type of perverted trash that is being pushed and held in cities around the country. Except this 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 extremist, this Aaron Reed character, is uh, is is a unique one as evidenced by his statement that he made to the city council uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, just completely vile, vulgar, and uh, critical of virtually anything and everything having to do with decency. So the city statement says, quote, The city takes great pride in making our hometown a safe, welcoming community. The city has listened to your opinions and concerns regarding the proposed event. Like many of you, the city does not condone the behavior of the organizer. The organizer is Aaron Reed, as I said. We also condemn the negativity and rhetoric that the discussion surrounding the event has caused. After much discussion and legal review, we have no choice but to let the event take place at the Memorial Park Pavilion on March 11, 2023. This decision may be difficult for many in our community. Gee, I wonder why, Robin. Um, however, please understand that as a local government, our elected officials have taken an oath to follow all relevant federal, state, and local laws. We take that oath seriously and can't break laws regardless of our personal opinions on a topic. Legal counsel advises the law is clear on the issue and states that peaceful assemblies and protests are First Amendment freedoms and are at the core of our nation's constitutional values. It would not be good leadership to knowingly take action that goes against our Constitution and creates legal issues for the day. I'll pause there to tell you that after I finish this letter, I will deconstruct that line of crap line by line. Third paragraph. The permit allows for the use of the large pavilion at Memorial Park from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. by the organizer and their guests. We encourage you to remain away from the park if you do not plan to attend the event. If you are a parent and are concerned for the protection of children, the best way to protect your children is to not take them to the event. This is a parental decision. I'll pause there as well, just to say there is some truth to that. Keep your kids away from it. And certainly, don't go there with the the intent to, quote-unquote, stop it. If you go there to be a peaceful protester, that's one thing. If you go there with the intention of shutting it down or shouting it down, bullhorning it down or whatever to the point where it creates a potential violent conflict with the out-of-towners that are almost guaranteed to be there to be, quote-unquote, security for these clowns, you could be asking for more trouble than you want. Final paragraph. The city understands the potential challenges with this event, and we have been working hard to address them. It is important for you to know that the city will hold the organizer to our standards for public events and will address any violations of the permit or law that may occur. We will not tolerate tolerate any obscene or violent conduct. Police officers will be at the event and in the pavilion. Our public safety professionals are doing all that is necessary to ensure that this event is safe for everyone involved. End of message. 
So that was put out by the mayor's office, the city of Wadsworth statement on the approval, the permit approval that they went ahead and gave to uh, this nut. So I want to hit two things, actually, real quick. In the last paragraph, I find it just comical. We will not tolerate any obscene or violent conduct. They're bringing a drag queen. By the very definition of drag, it is obscene conduct. You have permitted obscene conduct by giving the permit for this event. Drag shows are not G-rated. Drag shows are R-rated, and in some cases, crossing over to very graphic sexual depictions and become X-rated. How many videos do you need to see online of grown men wearing, after taping themselves up or back or however they do it, I don't know how they tape themselves, but putting on sexual sexualized clothing sometimes lingerie sometimes basically hooker outfits you know with the fishnet stockings and the stiletto heels and the very tight uh uh you know boy shorts if you want to call them that or uh you know thongs in some cases and the fake breast push-up bras and the whole nine yards all made up to look like uh uh prostitutes how many times do you need to see those individuals on the ground, on their backs, spreading their legs wide for all of the children in the front row to watch, and then flipping on, over onto their knees and twerking their asses in the faces of these kids. How many of these do you have to see before you decide, Mayor, that this is indeed obscene? You are allowing obscenities. You are very directly welcoming the obscenity by granting the permit. Those things are obscene. Mayor Laba, what do you need to hear? What do you need to prove that obscenity is what you have greenlit in this instance? And then to close your letter by saying, we will not tolerate any obscene or violent conduct. You just gave it a permit. The obscene conduct, you just gave it a permit. Now I want to go back to the second paragraph. Just to respond to this, and I'll let you respond too. If you're a Wadsworth resident, by the way, you get first crack at this. 216-901-0945. We'll put you to the front of the list. She says, the decision is a difficult one for many in our community. However, please understand that as a local government, our elected officials have taken an oath to follow all relevant state, federal, state, and local laws. We take that oath seriously and can't break laws, regardless of our personal opinion on our topic. Legal counsel advises the law is clear on the issue and states peaceful assemblies and protests are First Amendment freedoms. And are, at the, and are at the core of our nation's constitutional values. Well, let's talk for a second about the First Amendment. I support the First Amendment. I am the National Communications Director for Citizens for Free Speech, one of the preeminent First Amendment defending organizations, a 501c3 nonprofit in America. Over 60, 65,000 members. Believe me, I understand the First Amendment better than most. I understand the First Amendment and I support the First Amendment. I also know what the First Amendment does not protect. If I wanted to go into a city park and into a, under a gazebo in, uh, in a place like um, uh, Wadsworth or anywhere else and have a strip show and bring some women, real women, not the fake kind, 
real women who are strippers who work for one of the local cabarets. And I, I again, I keep trying to think of names. Anytime we talk about this, I don't like strip clubs, and it's not pearl clutching, you know, Bible toting. Not like strip clubs because they're the devil. Uh, I've never found them to be appealing, to be hundred uh, percent. But so I can't think of the names of them now. But there used to be one called Christie's. I don't know if there still is or not. And I used to hear radio commercials for something called the Crazy Horse. I don't know if that's still around. Is that still a thing, Johnny? Do you know? Yes. It is. Okay. There you go. I, I did. I did name two of them that I that I recalled. Okay. If I wanted to hire a couple of the girls from the Crazy Horse, or from Christie's, and take them to a gazebo in Wadsworth to do a strip show for children. Would that be First Amendment protected? They're saying legal counsel. I'm not a lawyer, so I'll admit that. Legal counsel advises the law is clear and that peaceful assemblies and protests are First Amendment freedoms and at the core of our nation's constitutional values. It would not be good leadership to knowingly take action that goes against our Constitution. Okay, so let's use the First Amendment here. It Does the First Amendment protect obscenities pandered to children, to minors? And the answer to that question is absolutely not. You know that, and I know that. The description I gave a moment ago of the grown men, and again, if you're on social media, you cannot help but find these things. If you just start scrolling a Twitter feed or a TikTok feed or uh, an Instagram feed, if you start scrolling video feeds, you are going to see countless examples of these drag time, quote-unquote, story hours, or all-ages drag shows. And you are going to see sexualized, essentially, male cross-dressers doing striptease-type dances in front of little children. They are grotesque, they are blatant, they are graphic. And if they were not grown men dressed as women doing those things, and they were actually women... They and the organizers would be arrested. You know that, and I know that. You take a woman, an actual woman, from Christie's or from the Crazy Horse, and give them the same sexualized costumes slash lingerie, etc., etc., that these grown men are wearing. And you have them stripped down to these, uh, you know, to their their barest of, of bear, and 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 shake their rear ends and spread their legs in the faces five feet away, and sometimes sometimes touching, because these children are given dollar bills and encouraged to go in and tuck them in to the clothing of the drag queens, or to at least hand them the money. If you had an actual woman doing the exact same thing in the exact same location and children were going up and, and tucking dollars into the G-string or the thong or whatever of the performer, there would be arrests made. And rightfully so, because the First Amendment would not protect obscenities pandered to children. It doesn't. There are exceptions. But since these are not real women, they're only fake women, instead of, it being, instead of it being called a crime, it's called art. And it's inclusive. And it's wonderful that these, these men who really, really like cross-dressing like women and dancing in sexual manners in front of kids get to do so. It's just so wonderful to see. Yay, diversity. Yay, inclusivity. LGBTQ. Pride, pride, pride. 
But if an actual woman, rather than a fake woman, did it, she would be cited. And so would be so would the organizers of the event. Somebody make that make sense to you. Mayor? Wadsworth Mayor Robin Lawbaugh, explain that to me. Better yet, let's put this to the test. Let's put Mayor Robin Lawbaugh to the test. I need volunteers to pull some some donations together to pay a performer or two or three from the crazy horse. Let's book ourselves a date when it's a little warmer. Let's book ourselves a date at the Wadsworth Memorial Park Pavilion. And let's have the all-ages stripper story hour. Let's have the girls try to read a paragraph or two to the kids out of some sort of ridiculous book. And then let the show begin. Let them strip it. Let them shake it. And let's see if this is acceptable conduct to the mayor of Wadsworth, the safety director of Wadsworth, the legal counsel of Wadsworth. Let's find out. Because it says here that the moment somebody tries to do that with actual women, they're going to jail. You do it with fake women, and it's celebrated. I'll be right back. Okay, it's 9.57 now, Always Right Radio, on AM 1420, The Answer. Kirsten now joins me after the top of the hour. I know people are on hold right now wanting to talk about the January 6th um, presentation by Tucker uh, last night. And we'll get there, I promise. We'll do that, uh, probably after Pete. But, but for now, I want to I repeat and restate my, my uh, request. I want to see who's willing to do this. Um, I want to put to the test the city's commitment to the First Amendment in Wadsworth. Now, again, nobody is more supportive or defensive of the First Amendment than I am. As I stated with my credentials and my position, uh, I support the First Amendment all over this country. We talk about it. We write about it. We do a podcast called Stand and Deliver about it. I support the right to free speech, the right to free expression, and the right to freedom of assembly, all of which are guaranteed by the First Amendment, yes. But I also know that city laws, local laws, state laws, and federal laws against obscenity and inappropriateness for children uh, do put a little bit of a limit on that First Amendment. Just as you cannot take an eight-year-old boy into a strip club and watch a burlesque strip performance, whatever you want to call it, cabaret-style performance, with actual women there, you probably can't take the woman, put that uh, that stripper in a public setting, and perform for the children, right? I mean, let's just think about that. What's the goal of having a law requiring only adults 18 and over to be able to go into a strip club? Because it's considered inappropriate for children to see strippers. So if you take the strippers out of the club and put them in a pavilion in a city like Wadsworth, does that make it now okay for the 8-year-old? Well, it does as long as the stripper isn't a real woman. If the stripper is a man pretending to be a woman... Apparently, that's a game changer. That's okay. I want to see if there is consistency in the law uh, that is being cited by the mayor of, of Wadsworth. Who will join me? Get a little GoFundMe together. We'll raise some bucks. We'll pay some strippers to come and perform. 
And we'll announce it ahead of time. We'll promote it as being a a non-drag drag show, meaning it's real women, not fake women, who are going to be doing sex dances in front of kids, all ages welcome, in, in Wadsworth. Let's see if the law, the legal advisors, the legal counsel for Wadsworth says, yeah, First Amendment says free speech. Got to protect it. Yep, let it happen. Let's find out. I want to put this to the test. This isn't a radio bit. This is a challenge. Friends and supporters of decency and laws regarding the appropriateness of sexual conduct around children, I'm calling you out. Are you willing to join me? I'll make the first donation. Who will set up the fund? Let's hire some strippers, book the event, and let's see where it goes. 10 o'clock news time. Kirsten out next on AM 1420 The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Uh, we're number two underway now at nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Always right radio. It's Friday at 1420. The answer It's Tuesday, the seventh morning of the third month year of our Lord 2023. That makes it a Pete Carson Owl day. Can you dig it? We love it. We love hearing from Pete because we always feel smarter when we're done in the exact inverse of the way we feel about Kamala Harris. After she speaks, we feel dumber for having heard fact, it. I'm going to share with you a very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, well, what's, why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. <laughs> I'll take crap that never freaking happened for a thousand, Alex. Uh, let's see what Peter Kersenow thinks about that. Welcome, Mr. Kersenow. Good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Great to be here. Beautiful day in Cleveland. Yeah, I concur with you entirely. It's uh, an embarrassment. You know, it, we've said this for the last couple of years. We understand what's going on here, uh, and we understand how Kamala Harris got elected. Uh, and we joke about it. We joke about how dumb she is, uh, how much of an embarrassment she is. But this is the greatest nation in the history of the world. It's an abomination that this person serves as our vice president. Our standards should be much higher. We've been hearing for at least six years now about the horrors of Donald Trump. But under Donald Trump, we had low inflation. We had a secure border. We didn't have any adventures overseas, no debacles like Afghanistan. We had the lowest unemployment rate for women, lowest unemployment rate for blacks. It goes on and on and on and on. Um, But then we are told by our betters, all the elites, all the folks in the media, that we must have someone like Kamala Harris, either as president or vice president, someone who is singularly inept and unable to discharge the functions, the minor functions of the office of the vice president. And this is who we're saddled with in the United States of America. Victor Davis Hanson yesterday, I commend to everybody. I mean, you always commend Victor Davis Hanson no matter what he does. But yesterday it was um, just a magnum opus that he wrote about 
decadence, basically, the decline of America. It was a masterpiece. And this is what we're witnessing. We laugh about it, and I do. I mean, you laugh at Kamala Harris because she is such such a joke. And as you just indicated, that didn't happen. Just as um, the whole thing about, uh, remember when she was talking about she was being pushed, pushed in a stroller at, at some kind of a march, and she said, what do you want? Free? You know, she makes up I stuff. I said, freedom, mommy. Yeah, right, exactly. What, oh, I'm sorry, go on. It, it's truly an astonishing thing. You would not hire her to be a grocery clerk. No disrespect to grocery clerks, uh, but you wouldn't hire her to do that. In, I mean, it's maybe that's a slight exaggeration. She may be able to discharge the mechanical functions of putting things in bags and maybe ringing up a cash register, but she represents the United States on the world stage. We laugh about it, we roll our eyes about it, but we should be angry. We should be absolutely angry that our country has elected this kind of person to serve as vice president, as they say, a heartbeat away from the presidency. Yeah, that's a uh, staggering thing to think about. By the way, I want to clarify when Peter said it, he said horrors of Donald Trump. Two syllables. I want to make sure that's very clear. Horrors of Donald Trump that we have heard about. Uh, because I know what people are going to hear think if they hear it, they think they heard it another way. Peter, um, there's 335 million people in this country, and she's the second best? I mean, think about that. What you're saying yeah. right now is that she's the second best. She is literally the second, you know, the first in line behind the current president to be president. Of the, is she really the best we can do out of 335 million? I mean, aside from the made up story that she just told, um, and aside from the giggle factor, which she cannot speak seriously ever. Can you imagine her trying to address a, a nuclear attack? Can you imagine her trying to speak to the country after a 9-11? Can you imagine any such things? In addition to her inability to speak seriously without giggling because she's so scared and nervous that she doesn't know what to say. She just attacked half the country, Pete. Nobody's talking about that part of this. All of the reactions we got to that um, uh, that clip yesterday that, that, that you know went viral around the Internet, everybody's talking about the stupid factor because she's stupid. Everybody's talking about the fact that she made up a story because she made up a story and that she's laughing that she's laughing. What about the fact that she's saying, I said, Mommy, why are, cons- why are conservatives bad? Aren't we supposed to conserve? I couldn't reconcile that then. I can now. She is now saying conservatives are bad. Just literally the second in line to the prayer, first in line to the presidency, Peter, is saying it's the same thing her boss said in, in, right. the, you know, in the red satanic backdrop in Philadelphia yep. when he demonized half of the country. These are the people that I was told, if if memory serves, then maybe I'm getting a little old. I don't know, but but I thought they said they were going to unite the country, Pete. Well, you know, that's what their press relations arm, that is the media, told us. And you're exactly right that they've been the most divisive pair in my memory. Uh, I don't know about uh, prior to when I was born, but I know in my memory, I've never seen this. They go after, I mean, not just kind of casually. As you said, with respect to the Philadelphia speech of Biden back in September, He purposely, that was the whole purpose of the speech, was to attack half of America, half of the people that he is ostensibly serving. This is is extraordinary, and you wonder why we're this divided. We have a media that uh, is doing the bidding of these folks is just, I mean, they will go out there and, you know, there's a subtext if you watch you know, MSNBC or any of these, oh, you don't have to go to MSNBC, the staples, the alleged staples of ABC, CBS, and, and NBC News, and all of the major newspapers, they also address the country from the perspective of half of you are illegitimate, half of you are Neanderthals. And you wonder why, you know, uh, people have tuned out the media. Media right now has 7% trust. 
trust rating, 7%. I'm even surprised it's that high. Right. But, but the, 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 the way we are situated in this country today has never been so worrisome in my entire lifetime. We are dumbing down the country. Meritocracy is out the window. Uh, you know, it's all about, as we've discussed in the past with respect to the executive order, last week with respect to the executive order, it's all about how you look, not how you think or how well you think. They are doing, making decisions. It, it, we used to joke. Uh, in fact, um, you know, you, you could see there were comedy shows about uh, having air traffic controllers, for example, being selected on the basis of race and sex. But that's precisely what's going on now. This is, you can't make this up anymore. And all the colleges, almost every institution has either lowered or completely eliminated their standards. They've just thrown up their hands and said, well, you know, there's no way we're going to be able to get the, the right proportion of people that look the way we want them to look within the population of our universities or institutions. So we're just going to eliminate all standards. Well, you're going to have... We talked yesterday, Pete, we talked yesterday about the latest on that front, Columbia officially becoming the first Ivy to to say not just because of COVID, which they all did during COVID, but uh, permanently going forward, they will not require an ACT or an SAT for admission to Columbia. Right. And many of us predicted that this was going to happen. In fact, you could see it in one of my amicus briefs before the Supreme Court, because we all expect that the Supreme Court in SFFA, Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard, is going to severely cut back or if not eliminate affirmative action. I doubt they're going to go as far as to eliminate it. They're going to come up with some kind of split-the-baby approach. But it's going to be severely, um, I think, diluted. And most institutions understand what the implications of that are. They're not going to be able to get their desired mix of racial, ethnic, um, and uh, well, it's not so much re- religious minorities, but ethnic and racial minorities. And so they're eliminating standards. Um, and, and they are, if, to the extent they're not eliminating standards, they're shielding them or covering them up so that they're so opaque you can't even dis- discern what they are trying to do. But the whole idea of a meritocracy in this country is going by the wayside, and that has severe implications. For those of us of a certain age, we're looking around. I know I talk to people of my age cohort, and I bet you right now your audience members who are over the age of 40 are probably going to nod their heads. I can't tell you how often I have discussions or email exchanges with people around my age who remark about how frequently they see Younger Americans who cannot, use an old term, cut the mustard. Uh, the education, their educations, even though they went to a Harvard or Yale, are pathetic. Their ability to think is in the drain. Uh, it is really an astonishing thing. I mean, it, it's at almost a crisis stage that is not an overstatement. Now, in a nation of 340 million, how many people we have, you're going to have a lot of very bright, industrious, learned people, okay? There's no doubt that that's the case. But that's uh, 340 million people. The general trend is one that is so troubling. And I, I guarantee you, almost everybody in your audience right now, as I said, they're nodding because they've seen growing instances in their own lives of mediocrity being exhibited, whether it's from your grocery store clerk to your doctor to an engineer. It is an amazing thing to see. How many times have you gone out, and I I don't mean to be picking on anybody, I'm saying this is across the board, but how many times have you sought a service of some kind, whether it was a household service or um, uh, in terms of your business, somebody serving, and the results were at best underwhelming. They were not very good. 
from my perspective, it's happening more and more frequently. I see more unreliable people, more people who are incompetent, more people who can't get the job done. Um, it, it's a, a country like ours cannot long exist when we have enemies like China and Russia and others who are chomping at the bit trying to overtake us. And China may already have brought parity, I mean, in terms of certain technological and military um, uh, advances. We can't, we, we are in a battle for our lives right now. That's not an exaggeration. China's telling it's us that hyperbole. all the time, and we are out there doing everything we can to lower standards rather than raise standards. We're trying to do everything we can to undermine the America as a country and as the greatest country in the world. But, you know, as, as I said, please, your, your audience members, read Victor Davis Hanson yesterday. It was a tour de force where he talks about the decline of America, and you don't get it back. That's, he, uh, he that's the one. Is that, is that the one headline? Life among the ruins. That's right. That's exactly right. Got it. Yeah, I, I, I it's saw an American it. I, greatness. Yep. I, I, well, it's in a lot of places. I'm I'm looking at it right now on the Blade of Perseus, actually. But he's you know he's uh, he's published in a lot of places. Uh, speaking of being published, we'll take a time out here and I'll remind people. I just kind of introduced Pete because he needs no introduction uh, at the top of the hour as just being Peter Kirst now. But of course, he is the longest serving member of the Commission on Civil Rights, uh, U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. He's a Cleveland attorney. He's a sometimes columnist, and he is a best selling author. His latest um, is The Devil's Weapons, which I have, by the way, confirmed through various fact checkers, is not in fact a biography of the modern Democrat Party. The Devil's <laughs> Weapons is a different, it's a different thing. Uh, I can see where the mistake has been made, though, but the fact checker, checkers have clarified that. So we've got more with Kirsten now. We're going to talk about Tucker and what he presented last night from the January 6th tapes. That's next on AM 1420 The Answer. Ten twenty four now. Always right. Radio and AM 1420. The answer. We continue with Peter Kirsten now. We've got Pete for about another half hour. <clears throat> so, Pete, I know you watch Tucker relatively uh, frequently, considering you are on it on a relatively frequent basis. And, of course, you are also a guest of his up in Maine uh, for Tucker Carlson Today uh, feature. So I'm sure you saw last night. Tucker Carlson was given the only copy, to our knowledge, by the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, of the 40,000 hours or so of uh, video surveillance or video uh, that was available on January 6th at the Capitol. Um, I, I'm, I'm disappointed by the fact, that, by the way, that it only went to one place. I think a lot of people with a lot of the resources can really pinpoint and identify a lot more of the truth about what happened that day. But for now, Tucker has it. And last night, he made his first drop of information. Focusing primarily on three things, the uh, QAnon shaman for the first part, uh, Officer Brian Sicknick for the second part, and then uh, feds or uh, perceived feds like Ray Epps for the third part. Peter, I watched with great anticipation, and I felt very, very let down. I felt very underwhelmed. I'm hoping, because I was expecting a summer blockbuster, and I got just a trailer. I'm hoping that's all we got was a trailer from all of those hours of footage that really did nothing for the political prisoners who continue to be held in terms of telling the truth about who they are and what they did that day. What was your impression of what you saw last night from Tucker? Um, I, I bet you your listeners will agree in large part to what I have to say, and that is you use the term underwhelmed. Um, I would that's a good term, but I would use the term unsurprised. I think what it what it did was it simply confirmed what I expected to see, and that is that the Democrats in the media, but I repeat myself, 
including Adam Kissinger and Liz Cheney, were lying and lying and lying some more when they were talking about insurrections, the implications of the insurrections, people that were allegedly killed, officers that were killed. Biden just repeated that again a couple of days ago, that officers were killed. Mm-hmm. Everything that we saw yesterday on Tucker Carlson, I think, simply confirmed what most of your listeners and almost everybody else believed, and now we see it. So, yes, I guess underwhelming is the case, but it was important to at least confirm what our expectations or suspicions were. You know, the media has only a 7% trust rating right now, as I said. And one of the reasons for that is, think about this, and I know others have made this point, but it's truly something that makes you pause to consider. And that is virtually every major media outlet was screaming at the top of their lungs that these tapes should not be released. Think about that. The media doesn't want this information. The media is acting as the state censor, more so than even the the government itself. That tells you that we are in a place where, in combination with the Twitter files that show the collusion between big tech and the FBI in furtherance of getting Biden elected and Democrats generally, the fact that they go after certain individuals, you know, you, you could look at how Democrats get off on almost everything. The double standard in play right now is extraordinary. And again, this confirmed what we believed. It's still important, though, to have that confirmation. And he's going to play some more today, and I don't expect to see any revelations that surprise me. So, yes, from that perspective, I'm underwhelmed. But nonetheless, I think it's important to check that box to show that precisely what we suspected is true. And I'll say this, and I know I'm just, this is almost superfluous. But, uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger should never show their faces anywhere near a conservative or Republican establishment again. They are despicable individuals. They were furthering a, a, mag, a, a lie of such magnitude. It has divided this country horribly or continued to sow divisions in this country. And it was a complete lie. And for those, I mean, they had touted themselves as allegedly being conservative. I don't care if they're Republican or anything. They're claiming they're conservative. They're Americans, and yet they were doing a tremendous disservice to America and to conservatives by perpetuating something they knew not to be true. And they knew it because they have access to this information. And most of us who didn't even have access to it because of our experience with respect to the media and being lied to and the narrative that's always drawn, and the fact that we saw just casually with our own eyes that nothing happened, we also know our own conservative uh, fellow Americans. We're not the kind of folks that go in and trash places. Um, that's something that the left is expert at. So we knew all these things, or at least believed them, but needed the confirmation. Tucker confirmed it yesterday. It was more of a, uh, it wasn't really a great revelation, but it needed to be done. It did. I'm not suggesting anything we saw was not important, but it just wasn't nearly enough. And I'm hopeful that this is the first of a series, and we're going to get new information and new drops every day or every other day, kind of like Elon Musk did with the Twitter files, because there is so much more. Right now, all we did was focus on the fact that, yes, the January 6th committee lied. They lied from the beginning to the end. We knew that already. It's nice to have the confirmation, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done with this video to right some wrongs, not just point out that they're liars, but to right some wrongs, particularly on behalf of the political prisoners who still languish awaiting trial two years and two months after their quote-unquote crimes. Uh, much more on that and more with Peter Kirsten now after the news on AM 1420, The Answer.
liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, 1035 now. we got Peter Kersenow with us for one more segment. We are very fortunate to have him each and every Tuesday. And Pete... Um, there's a few other uh, areas to cover here. I want to I want to move off of actually the uh, uh, January 6th videos for now. I'm going to wait and see what else Tucker brings to us. Hopefully, he's got a lot more planned, and we'll see where that goes because we do need to talk about what they're going to do for those who are being held uh, unjustly right now for extraordinary lengths of time without due process. Um, Pete, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about race. A few different angles have come up over the course of the last couple of days, and I want to start with this very strange bill in Maryland that is being proposed. And we've talked about this before uh, to a different level than this. This is this is extreme, even for um, you know the racial arsonists trying to uh, trying to harm this country in such ways. The proposed bill in Maryland would prevent first degree murder charges from being filed against anyone under the age of twenty five. The reason is equity, according to the statistics. Um, 79% of such people charged in the state of Maryland in the la- in uh, 2020, the last year for which this information is available, are African American. So they don't want so many African Americans to be charged with such serious crimes. They don't want the equity numbers in the prisons uh, to be off kilter. So there is a proposed bill. It's probably not going anywhere, Pete. But what does it say to you? And you're an attorney, not a criminal attorney, but you're an attorney. What does it say to you that such a measure would be proposed even to say, if you're under 25 and you kill somebody, we cannot charge you with first degree murder simply because of equity? Yeah, it says what we talked about in the previous segment, and that is the continued decline of America. The the stupidity, that's the best way of putting it, the stupidity and moral depravity of many of our elected officials to propose something like this. Okay, 79% of those charged with murder are black. Well, that's probably because 79% Under 25 to, to, right. to be clear. Yeah. Under, under 25. Well, that's where most of the, the murderers are coming from anyway. You don't find too many murderers. Okay, (laughs) But nonetheless, 79% are black. Uh, That's because 79% of the murders or more, if you look at the stats, are committed by blacks. Tough. You know, can't help it. But here's the other thing. The idiot, I don't remember his name, but the idiot who proposed this, and I'm being charitable when I say idiot, um, what he forgets is that more than 79% of the victims are black. So he's passing a bill or seeks to pass a bill that would help black murderers at the expense of black innocence. You can't make this kind of stuff up. The fact that this is being considered, even contemplated at all, is an abomination standing alone. Equity will be the death of us all. We talked about it pretty extensively, you and I, Bob, both on your show yesterday, uh, last week, and also on the Gorka show, I think it was on Friday, that Biden has issued this massive executive order that promulgates a standard for equity that is across the board all federal agencies must follow. This is a prescription for complete and utter disaster. We are going to be judging people based on, again, it's just the obverse of Martin Luther King's prescription with respect to content of character versus color of skin. They turned it on its head. Martin Luther King had it, got it right. For a couple of years, we tried to pursue that standard, that goal, and then it fell apart, and the racists in the Democratic Party, and look, I'm calling you out, racists in the Democratic Party, because starting in the 18th, heck, the Klan was the enforcement arm 
of the Democratic Party. And everything you see in terms of official actions from your government officials that is racist comes from the Democratic Party. Sorry. And I'm not sorry. They should be sorry. They should be apologizing. But this goes beyond discrimination. This goes beyond racism. This is idiocy. It's worse than racism. This is just abject idiocy. It's an embarrassment that somebody would consider something like this. And guess who's going to be hurt? As I said before, black people are going to be hurt. Absolutely. They're the victims overwhelmingly over 90% of the time. But they're pandering to a certain base, hoping that base votes for them. You have a Kamala Harris saying about how bad conservatives are. And then you combine that with something like this. This is extraordinary what's happening. We should not tolerate it anymore. And I tell you, your audience members, many of whom are reluctant to say anything about this, because there's going to be a natural reticence by people of one race to say anything about something like this. So for many of your white members, there's going to be that reticence. You don't want to be called a racist. You, want to, you don't even scratch your head and say, gee, I don't know about that. But I think we've reached a point in society where we're compelled, even as uncomfortable as it may be, to call this kind of idiocy, this kind of racism out. Because you'll be doing black people a favor by doing this. You'll be doing America a favor. And by extension, you're all going to be doing yourselves a favor by calling this out. It's tough to do. Okay, it's a lot easier for somebody like me to do. But we've reached a point in society with wokeism that if we don't start fighting back, we're going to be done. That's the whole point of Victor Davis Hanson's article from yesterday. Well, Pete, if this is possible to be made worse, I'm going to right now. Um, here's here's another element of this. Uh, first of all, I, I may have misspoken when I said first degree. What they are saying is felony murder. Felony murder, of course, of course, uh, excuse me, of course, occurs when somebody's killed while a felony crime is in progress, like a robbery, carjacking, or something like that. So, if you're under 25, you cannot be charged with felony murder, according to this bill. It's bill House Bill 1180, put forth by a Democrat delegate named Charlotte Crutchfield, the Youth. Accountability and Safety Act for those under 25. The reason this is even here is because of another issue. The governor of Maryland, Wes Moore, picked a person named Victor Schiraldi to run the Juvenile Justice Service. Victor Schiraldi is advocating for no one under the age of 21 to be introduced to the justice system at all because the brain is not fully developed. Which of well, course his, his brain is not fully developed. That's for sure. <laughs> Which you can respond to that part in a minute, Pete. But I'm going to let you really go off on it here because these are the same people representing the same party and the same ideology that tell you that 11 and 12 and, and 13 and 14 year old kids are are are, right. are mentally developed enough and mature enough to make decisions about chemically castrating their bodies, right, or physically mutilating their bodies because of what they think their gender might be. Pete, make sense of that. No, you can't. You can't, and we have to call it out for precisely what it is. We are tolerating the insane... This this kind of stuff is, uh, for those of us of a certain age, we remember a couple of movies that were parodies at the time, but one of them that wasn't a parody... um, it was Clockwork Orange. That's about where we are right now. We have just intense, vast violence, and we're dumbing it down. The, the lowering of these standards, the way that they're doing it, the Charlotte Crutchfield, I name, her name is, who proposed this, remember that name. She should not be in any public office. She is too dumb and dangerous to be given any lever of power. I don't care where that may be. I don't care if it's working at the 7-Eleven. 
She should be out of society completely. She's that great a danger. But why, for example, as you indicated in terms of age, why did they pick the age of, in the one case, of 25? That no one under 25 can be charged with murder? Um, why 25? Now, most of you. I'm guessing because there here, was. A, I'm guessing because there was probably a significant statistical drop off at 24 or at 26 or at 23. This is the one where they, you know, they can find the most use for that 79 percent statistic. Yeah, and if you take a look at the stats, which I do, I'm, I'm immersed in this stuff with respect to DOJ stats. You're talking about 80 to 90 percent of all murders are committed by those who are 25 and under. So what you're saying is we're not going to incarcerate anybody for murder. You got a free pass on killing people. I don't know about the rest of your audience, but I'm pretty sure they probably are in the same circumstances I am. The age of 25, I was married. I had a kid on the way. I was about to buy a house. I had a job. You know, I was an adult at the time. Why that your brain is fully formed, you know what you're doing, you should have had moral agency by the time you were 12, you know, taking communion or whatever it may be. And my goodness, this is crazy. Bob, it's tough for me to restrain myself and to discuss this in any kind of intelligent fashion, because this is visceral. This is the kind of stuff that you know in your gut is the kind of thing that destroys civilizations, destroys humanity. But if you are the purported beneficiary of this, if you are a black American, you should be angry as can be. Because first of all, as I said, it's going to hurt blacks more than anybody else. But second, the raging paternalism of this infantilizes blacks as if blacks cannot do it, can't control themselves. Blacks are savages. Blacks will kill, you know, at the drop of a hat. Therefore, we've got to raise the, the uh, age at which somebody can be charged with murder. At the same time, you talk to black mothers and fathers whose kids have been killed and ask them what the age limit should be. And I guarantee you they won't say, well, we should raise it to 25. <laughs> Peter Kirstenau is our guest. Uh, it, 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 none of this makes any sense, and I just I just need to hear you say it and explain it the way you do. And I love, by the way, that you are, are so immersed in FBI crime stats. That's what makes you so valuable, because you bring truth. You take emotion out, which is what they try to do, borrowing the line from uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, facts don't care about your feelings. You take the feelings out of it and say, let's go stone-cold facts. Who's doing the killing? Who's doing the crime? Who should be doing the time? Uh, aside, regardless of what equity says about and, the... And, Bob, uh, you know who these people are pandering to? They're not pandering to blacks. That's not what they're doing. Take a look at, and I know uh, we texted on this, I believe. Um, take a look at the photos of those Antifa folks who were down in Atlanta or down in Georgia attacking the cop facility. Do you see any yeah. blacks? There's one out of 25, I think, yep. black, black people. Yep. That's who they're, they're pandering to, rich, white, snot-nosed liberals. That's who they're pandering to. Because the people in my neighborhood, I live, I live in an all-black neighborhood, they don't want these people on the street. They have got the maimed and killed kids. They're the result of these inane policies. We should be angry about this and call out a Charlotte Crutchfield for being as stupid and immoral as she is. Amoral. Well, you are 100% right about that group, that uh, those Antifa. And by the way, I think they f- figured out 23 of them were from outside of Georgia. Two of them yeah, were from, the from another country. This is something, uh, the FBI is not even involved in this, Bob. Sorry for talking over you. I'm, I'm really right. passionate about this. But only the Georgia Bureau of, uh, of Identification is involved in, in the investigation with respect to those folks. But like you said, they were crossing state lines, which is the province of the FBI. Where's Mayor, Mayor Garland? He can sick the FBI on churchgoers, on somebody who prays peacefully outside 
suicide and abortion clinic, brings 10 to 15 FBI agents with long guns to raid his home. But where's the FBI on this? They can raid Donald Trump's office. They don't raid uh, Biden's office or house. Where are these people? This, this, Pete, this should I'm, infuriate all of us. It's at, we're at a point now where we can't, it's like, what was it, uh, what's the, the name of the network was the, the movie from about 40 years ago, I'm Mad as Hell, Not Gonna oh, yeah, Take It Anymore? Yeah, yep, yep. My goodness, this is nuts. The United States, if this were, and it was, you could talk, uh, uh, Yuri Bezmenov, the KGB director, is on YouTube, there's a video of him from the 1982 or 83, talking about precisely how they're going to undermine the United States of America. The Democratic Party is following that playbook to the letter. Pete, as long as you're on this subject, uh, and you are so passionate about it, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to speak specifically about Tom Jurgens. Do you know the name? I do, and I can't remember where that's I, the, where I, that's one of the twenty five in that uh, in that oh, uh, little yes, SPLC, montage yes, of headshots. My, my favorite organization. When you want to be, <laughs> when you want disinformation, you go to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which it. is the lodestone for the Democratic Party, if or and the media. But I repeat myself: if you want something that is completely the opposite of the truth, you go to any kind of a press release from the Southern Poverty Law Center. It is it is just extraordinary. But what they do is they provide a touchstone for the left, for those who are political actors within DOJ or the FBI or otherwise, to go after ordinary law-abiding Americans or to defame them. So many bad things have happened as a result of their press releases or their lists of, they they issue these lists of, um, uh, you know, organizations that are either racist or it's an incredible thing to watch. And yet, uh, the power of both the media and the government to be allied with this is extraordinary, and it's harming ordinary Americans. No question about it. Pete, I'm going to give you one more to riff on since uh, we've got about a couple of minutes left here, and this one is something I just brought up very casually yesterday. You know about the proposal in California to give $220,000 per black person um, for reparations, even though California was, was, of course, never a slave state. They're going to take money from every California taxpayer, give $220,000 per black person for reparations. Never mind where they're getting the billions of dollars from they don't have. But yesterday, and I think it came from over the weekend, yesterday is when I saw it and read about it, they are upping that number from 220000 to 360000 one of the proponents of this move says this is the best way to cut down crime in California. The argument is you will not have young people robbing jewelry stores and robbing, stealing watches and burglarizing liquor stores if you give them this money. In other words, reparations are like handing out the money they would steal ahead of time without making them go through the trouble of stealing it. If you give it to them as reparations, they won't rob your stores until, of course, they run out of the money and then have to start over again. Your thoughts? Boy, I could, you talk about riffing. I could riff on this for about, oh, maybe seven or eight days. <laughs> um, bottom line here is the best way to stop crime is to make sure a man and a woman get married before they have a kid. That single fact alone reduces crime rates by 80%, depending on the category of crime, murder, robbery, homicide, you know, whatever it may be. But you're talking about an, an average of 70 to 80% crime would be reduced 
that's single factor, but we're not allowed to say that. We can't be judgmental. Instead, we're going to throw money around because we know how well that works. This is another, whoever that person is, again, remember that person's name who's proposing it. Remember everybody who's going along with it because they shouldn't be allowed to tie their own shoes. That's how dumb they are. But it's also immoral and amoral. We shouldn't allow anybody to be paying. There's no such thing as a creditor race and a debtor race. We're continuing to fan the flames of division by doing things like this. And we have instances which are growing, Bob, and I know you've probably heard about the case just down in southern Ohio, I think it was Springfield, Ohio, where a group of young, and I'm talking about eight- or nine-year-old black kids, yes, elementary school. Holding, down, yeah, holding down white kids and, and forcing them to say Black Lives Matter, when adults do this kind of divisive thing. As a matter of policy, it's going to continue to exacerbate racial divisions that had been healing for a period of time. And I've discussed this stat with you. I may have it off by a percentage or so. But in uh, 2005, Gallup had done this poll on a regular basis for a number, a number of years. And in 2005, the, um, I think it was 70-plus percent of blacks thought that race relations were good or excellent, and about the same figure of whites. All right, fast forward about 15 years, and those figures have plummeted by 30 percentage points each. 30 percentage points each, despite the fact that we've been suffuse with equity and affirmative action and all these different things. Things have gotten worse, and principally, I would argue, because of the kind of divisive rhetoric, divisive actions that have been taken by the progressive left that have divided this country, we're predicted to divide this country, are going to continue to divide this country, and the big enchilada is that executive order that you and I, Bob, discussed. We haven't seen the effects of it yet, but this thing is massive, the order of Biden to do virtually everything in the government by equity. In other words, merit is unimportant. Everything is about the color of your skin. We are going to die because of this. People will die because of this. That's not an exaggeration. Because you can have somebody selected on the basis of their color of skin with impunity, without there being any great repercussions. If you're talking about somebody who is, you know, in charge of who knows what, putting the lines down on, on a road. Not to take anything away from somebody like that, but when you're talking about food inspectors, air traffic controllers, we've already had a significant increase in near misses and collisions in airports and airways across the country, much of which is due to the lowering of standards. Uh, Bob you and your listeners need to fight this at every instance because this is about preserving not just our way of life, not just the United States of America, but our, jo our jobs and our lives. This is incredible what's happening here. Stupidity is running amok. Peter Kersenow, you're right, you could riff on that forever, and I would put my feet up and eat popcorn and listen to it, uh, but uh, that was a good starter set. We'll just we'll call that a little uh, starter. Like I said, a little appetizer. Same thing we got from Tucker last night. Hopefully more to come on both counts. Peter hey, Kersenow. Quick shout-out to one of your, your great fans, Terry and Connie Walworth. I hope they're listening. I hope they're doing well. They're great patriots, and they're among your best fans. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much for being fans, and thank you, Pete, for recognizing them. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care, Bob. 1054, time out. Always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. You and I know... 
And do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now at nine minutes past 11 o'clock. Good morning. It's uh, Tuesday, seventh morning of the third month year of our Lord 2023. Groomer Fest 23 is on. It's happening on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the pavilion at the Wadsworth Memorial Park. Groomer Fest indeed. I'm going to repeat something I said in hour number one because I really am serious about it. And if you missed it, you need to hear it. I want someone to help make this happen, friends. That's what I want. Let me give you the backstory again if you missed it. If you're on hold, stay there. I will come to you. We are open this hour. No guests, so plenty of time for you to be heard at 216-901-0945. But let me hit this again. Groomer Fest is on. Because the mayor of Wadsworth decided that they can't stop the Aaron Reed Groomer Festival, otherwise known by his terminology as the Q Memorial, which is crap. None of the charities that actually he was trying to use to hold this anarchist event to create chaos and perhaps violence in Wadsworth, a conservative town that he absolutely abhors. Uh, He calls it the Q Memorial slash Drag Queen Story Hour event. The drag queens are not going to be dressed like Mrs. Doubtfire reading wonderful children's books to kids. It's a drag queen. And after the quote-unquote story portion of it, in which a couple of paragraphs are read, there's going to be a drag show. That's what they do. We see it all over the Internet. Well, the city council president in Wadsworth, Bob Thurber, came on the air yesterday and told me they have to stop this. They hope he doesn't have any choice, or excuse me, he doesn't have any control. City council doesn't decide whether permits are granted. The safety director and the mayor make that call. And I asked him to keep us posted. Well, we got the answer before the end of the day yesterday. Um, The mayor has announced they're going to allow this thing to go on, this obscenity parade, groomer fest, whatever you want to call it, is going to go on. And their argument is, that our elected officials, I'm quoting from the statement by the mayor, our elected officials have taken an oath to follow all relevant federal, state, and local laws. We take that oath seriously and can't break laws, regardless of our personal opinions on a topic. Legal counsel advises the law is clear on the issue, and states' peaceful assemblies and protests are First Amendment freedoms and are at the core of our nation's constitutional values. It would not be good leadership to knowingly take action that goes against our Constitution and creates legal issues for the city. So the permit is granted. And what I said in our number one that I want to repeat now, if you heard it, I apologize for the redundancy, but if you didn't, this is why I'm doing it. I want to put that First Amendment protection to the test. 
Because you know and I know that the First Amendment is absolutely, positively not universal and absolute, particularly when it comes to obscenities and indecencies in public squares. It's the reason why you can't First Amendment um, express yourself or speak naked walking through Crocker Park. You can't go naked through South Park Center. You can't go down. I'm just picking malls because they're crowded places. You can't go uh, 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 doing that through Legacy Village. You can't. Why? Because it's considered indecent. Well, but I'm expressing myself. Well, you can't express yourself that way. It's inappropriate. Okay. Right? You know that and I know that. It is my belief that the First Amendment is only being cited as a reason to grant this permit here because they don't want to be accused, the city of Wadsworth, of being bigoted or being anti-LGBTQ or anti-inclusive. So they have to let these pretend women, that's what guys who cross-dress are, they're pretending to be women, do sex dances in revealing lingerie in public in front of children, and they say the First Amendment protects it. So here's what I want, and I put this on Facebook an hour ago, and I'll read it directly. So the mayor of Wadsworth says the city has no choice but to permit an obscene drag show from being performed for children, that's how it's advertised, by grown men pretending to be women in the city's pavilion because of the First Amendment. Let's put that commitment to the First Amendment to test, to the, to the test. I need some volunteers to help me organize a strip show next month in April to be held in the same city-owned pavilion in Wadsworth, featuring actual women instead of pretend women. Let's pool some cash together, hire a couple girls from the Crazy Horse to dress in their best lingerie, and dance, twerk, spread, and shake their bodies in the same sexual way that the drag queens do, right in the faces of children. We'll advertise this as real queen story hour. Not drag queen, real queen. These are real women. And the strippers can stammer their way through a couple of paragraphs of a book if they can read it all. Sorry to disrespect strippers, but I feel like if that's what you're doing for a living, you ain't got much going on in between the ears. But if the strippers can stammer their way through a couple of paragraphs of a book beginning uh, their show before they dance... It's Real Queen Story Hour. Then Mayor Robin Lawball will be able to make the same decision and grant us a permit, right? Or do you think that the obscenity of real women doing sex dances for kids might be an exception to the First Amendment protections? Because I'm predicting that real women doing sex dances for kids will be considered inappropriate and obscene, and a permit will be denied while fake women doing the exact same sex dances for kids is considered art. And I need somebody to work with me on this. I'm not even kidding a little bit. I need somebody to start a GoFundMe. I'll make the first donation to it. Let's pull some money together. Let's hire a couple of strippers to perform. Let's do it in public. Let's invite children. It is going to be a children's event. Real Queen Story Hour for kids. We'll read a little bit and then we'll dance. Let's see if Wadsworth approves. Mayor Lawbaugh, it's going to be in your court. And I need some people to help me. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. I'm tired, sick and tired of caving into this crap. I'm sick and tired of the double standard. And I've said this before. 
If a half-naked fat guy can open his trench coat to reveal a thong and some fishnet stockings in front of a playground on a street by a school, motioning the kids to come over and hand him money, he would be arrested. But if the fat, half-naked guy opened up his trench coat and he had a push-up bra on, and he had a wig on and some lipstick, and he said, I'm a drag performer, he would be celebrated. Right? Right or wrong? Tell me that there isn't a double standard here. The LGBTQ community gets away with everything they want because everybody, including the mayor of Wadsworth, is afraid to be called a bigot. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Chuck is in Cleveland. Chuck wants to get back on that January 6th story. Hey, Chuck, fire away. I will comment on comment on Wadsworth also. You can do However, that. Yes, sir. I want I want to go back to January sixth. Okay. Ashley Barrett. Ba- Babbitt. A, Babbitt. A white, a... Babbitt. Ashley, okay. Ashley Babbitt. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, she's five foot tall. What hundred pounds soaking wet? White girl, ten year veteran of the Air Force. Okay. She goes up the steps of the Capitol. There's a 250-pound man shoots her. She is unarmed. Now, it took five days to find out that it was a black man. Okay? Nothing is done to him. As a matter of fact, Bob, he got a promotion. Now, you reverse the roles. Okay? Let's first reverse Democrat and Republican. Okay? It would be all over the news. They would string him up. Now, if you well, you wouldn't even you, re- you really wouldn't even have to reverse the roles or the races because if any cop wearing a badge shot um, an unarmed person like that who was not resisting arrest, who was not attacking, who was not assaulting, who was not doing anything of the sort, just coming through the door, if anybody were to shoot that individual and that and the individual was black, the uh, you know Ashley Babbitt was black, you're right. Uh, black Lives Matter would he go would crazy. He would be the cellmate of Derek Chauvin. Yeah. No, there's no doubt that there was a double standard, but that's not the only double standard on that day. We got a lot of them, you know, well, some of them, I should say, revealed last night. But the death of Ashley Babbitt, and then there was the beating death of another woman, also at the hands of police officers, that drew no condemnation whatsoever. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to mention that one also. But as to Wadsworth, okay, because I'm trying to make this quick. Okay. All right, as to Wadsworth, isn't that considered pedophilia? Don't we prosecute pedophiles in this country? Well, pedophilia would be actually um, molesting the children. Well, if the child touches the man while they deposit the dollar. Yeah. Yeah, they, okay. they, I, I think it is. If, if it's not pedophilia, it's it's child grooming for the purposes of pedophilia later on. Yes, I think that is absolutely right. But the sick part about this, and I think you probably understand this, Chuck, as well as anybody, is the mayor isn't to blame here. The uh, organizer of the event, the freak known as Aaron Reed, isn't to be uh, blamed here. Uh, and, and the children are to be blamed here. Even the, even the drag queen isn't to be blamed here. You know who's to be blamed here for allowing this to take place? The parents of those children. 
any parent that gives their kid a dollar and says, go give this to that uh, man dancing with his legs spread in front of you over there, that parent is to blame here, Chuck. That's the real issue we have to deal with, I think, in this culture. While I will challenge the mayor and their decision, as I said, to grant a permit for such a, such obscenities, while I will complain about that, while I will complain about the LGBTQ predatory cult that they are trying to create this chaos, the real issue here is what kind of a man or woman takes their child to see a pervert uh, cross-dressing and dancing in suggestive ways for the entertainment sport <laughs> put on the show. That's who the real issue is. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think uh, we might have to draft some new legislation or something to make sure this don't happen no more. Absolutely. That's one thing that Bob, and thank you, Chuck, for the call. That's what Bob Thurber said yesterday, the city council uh, uh, president in uh, in Wadsworth. He wants Wadsworth to draft a local ordinance saying that you cannot hold these events, that this public obscenity, uh, you know, bringing children to these types of shows and events on public grounds should be outlawed. Um, he's right. That should happen in every municipality in this state. And quite frankly, in every state in this country. And yesterday I talked about this. There are some states that are getting, that are taking action here. It's just that we're not one of them. We're not one of them. Tennessee has already passed their bill. Governor Bill Lee signed a provision into law hours after it passed. And that bans drag shows in public spaces, period. Simple and clear. A bunch of other anti-drag bills have been introduced in at least 14 other states. And I listed them. Arizona, Kentucky, Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas, um, Idaho, Kansas, uh, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, South Carolina, Texas, West Virginia. They all have bills in the pipeline. They have drafted the legislation to ban this type of obscenity in defense of our children. It seems like they're not worried about the First Amendment here. And that's because the First Amendment is not absolute. While it is the core of our freedom and our our democratic republic, it is not absolute. We do not allow obscenities to be pushed toward and pandered to minors. It's just that simple. That's why you can't go naked in the public square. That's why you can't go. That's why they arrest you if you streak through the, uh, uh, you know, Brown Stadium. Obscenities are an exception to the free expression and the free speech rule or, or protection, rather, of the, of the First Amendment. So all of these states realize that. Not Ohio. It's funny. Because just about every state that I just read to you, I would, I would venture to call them red states. They're red states. They're conservative. They believe in conservative principles. At bare minimum, they're purple. There's a lot of conservatives, uh, along with some Democrats there, like, like Arizona, for example. But Ohio, with its blood-red supermajority in the state house, in the state senate, in the executive offices, and in the Supreme Court, the Ohio Supreme Court, we can't do something to protect children from this obscenity? Why? Mike DeWine? Why? Jason Stevens? Why, Matt Huffman? Why? Are we not doing something that these other states are doing? Why are we protecting against this nonsense? Why are we protecting kids against obscenity and child grooming? I want to know. But I will also say that doesn't relieve city officials from their own obligations. And if the state won't do it, we should do it city by city. 
what Bob Thurber proposed on the air yesterday. Uh, hopefully he will propose in the next city council meeting and actually try to get to get an ordinance passed, because that's what should happen in every city in this state. Um, BJ's in North Olmstead. Hey, BJ, go ahead. I'll be brief, Bob. I'd like to bring something else up, and I'll go back to the uh, decadence. The the current administration is turning the FBI, the CIA, all these agencies, the IRS, against the American public. My question is, these employees of these agencies, why are they willing to go out and harass their fellow American citizens? We are having citizens working for government agencies that are going to come upon the American public and harass them. This is this is being created to cause some kind of turmoil. When you talk about the morality and the decadence with the sexual uh, LGBTQ and whatever you want to call them, as long as the American public is willing to accept this and, and allow these teachers to dominate and call the FBI on these people that complain about this stuff, so we are in a combative state right now. There are no weapons being shot at this point, but we are being com- combative. And when they, when the government's willing to send government agencies out to harass the American public, I'd like to hear from those people that are being hired by these agencies, why are they willing to go to war against their fellow American citizens that have served in the military, that work, that have families, that have jobs? We're in a hell of a time right now. And I appreciate you continuing, and I wish I was younger to be able to assist more in some of these things. But I thank you for it. I love this country, and I, I hope the do. awakening is coming soon. Thank you for your time, Bob. You bet. Uh, thanks for the call, um, BJ. I'll just answer it quickly because time is of the essence here. We've got to get a time out. Um, I believe that there are members of the rank and file in these agencies that you say are being turned against the American people who do oppose what they are being told to do. They are afraid, however, of losing their jobs and losing their pensions and everything else that comes with it if they dare buck authority. Remember, in most of these agencies, there is an almost militaristic uh, aspect of it. You know what I mean? The um, the way that they are run. Uh, you don't question the orders of a superior. If in the army, if a uh, you know, if a colonel tells you to take that hill, if a uh, squad leader even or a platoon c- uh, commander tells you to charge that machine gun nest, you do it without questioning. You don't say, yeah, but what if I get shot? Um, there, There is a, almost a, a, the same type of hierarchy. The... Um, the way that, you know, in the FBI, whether in, really in law enforcement in general, local all the way through the federal, um, there's just a, a belief that I have to do what I have to do. It's because what I'm told to do. I've sworn to take, you know, sworn an oath of some sort, I'm sure, um, to do my job, you know, the way that I'm being instructed. And then there are others, I think, who are probably brainwashed. Others who are, are being turned against the American people who don't know anybody because they're being told, no, you don't understand. These people are domestic terrorists. These parents who are going to school board meetings and yelling at school board members, well, they're terrorizing them. Let's go get them. And the rank and file are like, yeah, that is terrible. We got to go get them. So I think there's an element of, you know, psyops going on and brainwashing going on and, you know, you know, various methods of, Turning the normal mindset of these uh, of these rank and file employees and members uh, in in a way that they're probably not predisposed to to thinking, and I think that's probably what's going on in a lot of these cases. Some of them, I think, just don't question it at all, and some of them may question it, but then they are brainwashed into thinking they're doing the right thing. And then the third group, of course, is the ones who are just flat flat out evil. 
like to cause chaos, just like the directors who are giving them their orders. Thank you uh, for the call, my friend. We'll come right back. Fire of the American Dream. Always right radio with Bob France on the answer. Uh, I was reading a tweet from the New York Times about Mayor Eric Adams. You know, New York City has been among the most stringent lockdown, mandated shots, mandated face masks in the country. I mean, like top two or three. Um, put those masks on. You don't want to get other people sick with your deadly virus. Tweet from the New York Times this morning. To prevent robberies, we are putting out a clear call to all of our shops. Do not allow people to enter the store without taking off their face mask. End quote. Eric, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City said. <laughs> it's okay to breathe your... You're evil Wuhan germs on people now, just uh, as long as we can stop you from stealing stuff. Oh, my gosh, when the intersection of stupidity happens, it is just priceless. A guy who would not let anybody go anywhere without a shot and a mask is now saying, you take that mask off because I don't know if you're going to steal something. Do you know how many of these nuts are still wearing masks? Or not the nuts, I'm sorry. Do you know how many criminals around this country are still wearing the masks simply because they know that they're going to get away with it? They can conceal their identity, make it impossible for anybody to make an eyewitness identification of their crime because they keep their mask on ostensibly because I'm just being a responsible citizen. I'm still, hey, COVID is still here, man. The pandemic is still alive. The CDC said so. And and uh, um, Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, said we still have to wear our masks in order to prevent COVID. So they're wearing these things as just concealment, just to conceal their identity. It's hilarious. And as left-wing st- uh, um, cities and uh, states continue to be hit by st- extraordinary spikes in crime from shoplifting to assaults and everything else, and they're wondering why they can't catch anybody. And now they're like, well, maybe we should make them take their masks off so we know who they are. <laughs> what a hell of an idea, huh? Uh, 216-901-0945, TJ's in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, I don't want to be too hard on this mayor of Wadsburg right yet because I'm not an expert on, uh, on civil rights law. But this reminds me of an incident that happened in Cleveland years ago under Mayor White. Uh, the Klan was coming to Cleveland, and he knew he couldn't stop them, you know, under the First Amendment. So what he did was provide total protection of the Klan while they were here. And he took a lot of heat from people. How can you send your police department out to protect the Klan? Well, what Mayor White realized, what the Klan was doing back then, they would go into a city, they would rile up people so bad, hoping to get assaulted and attacked, then they would turn around and sue the city for millions for violations of their civil rights. So what Mayor White was doing was not protecting the Klan. He was protecting the city of Cleveland from these type of lawsuits. And in retrospect, he did exactly the right thing. So, like I said, I'm not an expert on civil rights, but right now I don't want to be too hard on this mayor there in Wadsworth. 
Well, I, I do. And, and the reason why is because they they can go ahead and, and you know who else agrees, by the way, that they should have uh, uh, not granted this permit and, and just said, let's take on the fighting court? Jim Renacci. Former mayor there, and uh, of course, uh, 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 former state rep- or uh, uh, congressman, and so forth. Jim Renacci tweeted, and thanks for the call, my friend. Jim Renacci, no, not tweeted. He Facebook responded to my post about this and said they should have denied the permit and let's have the fight in court because he's confident that the First Amendment is not absolute. There's no civil rights being violated here by by canceling a public obscenity show uh, from being performed in front of children. That is absolutely uh, what the law says. The law says obscenities are not protected by the First Amendment and obscenities can very clearly be defined by sexualized outfits and dancing. So uh, I think they should have done this i think they should have taken on the fight and i'm disappointed that they haven't which is why i'm ready and willing like i said to schedule an actual woman real queen story hour at the same place in the same city i want to schedule a real queen story hour and it's going to involve strippers from the crazy horse saloon and we're going to pay them to come and and read to kids and then dance suggestively in near naked outfits the same way drag queens do instead of pretend women it's going to be real women and let's see if we get the permit Let's find out. Let's find out if the, if the First Amendment trumps the obscenities here. Uh, John is in uh, Marco Island. Hi, John. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Bob. Hello? Yeah, you I got me? you. I'm waiting for you, John. Go ahead, buddy. Okay. Um, the Getting back to the January 6th fiasco. Sure. The one thing Tucker didn't cover uh, last night, maybe he'll c- touch on it tonight, but the murder of Ashley Babbitt, that police officer that shot her in cold blood, he's never been prosecuted. Uh, no, I mean, no, no, no. They investigated him. They investigated him and determined that he, uh, he his actions were justified. On what grounds? Coffee grounds or what? I mean, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, that's <laughs> nobody can understand it except for the fact that she was an evil Trump supporter. She was a red hat wearer and she oh, was trying yeah. to commit an insurrection and all he did was defend the Capitol. I mean, I don't have the exact language that they used to clear him, but they, they investigated and refused to charge him with uh, uh, unlawful and unnecessary lethal force against a, um, a citizen. Uh, and I guarantee you the only reason why is because she was in the Trump crowd. That's it. You know as well as I do, if a cop shoots an unarmed black woman uh, who is representing Black Lives Matter and had a BLM hat instead of a Make America Great hat on, and shot that person who was not resisting arrest, not armed, not attacking, not assaulting, not rushing, not charging, not reaching into a purse where maybe there was a weapon, if the same exact identical situation happened and she represented Antifa or BLM or had said Biden-Harris on her hat you know damn well that cop is going to be in prison for the rest of his life. This guy, yeah. no charges whatsoever because of it was because of who he shot, a Trump supporter, and their lives have no value. Yeah. This Biden administration, we got to, in next year's election, we got to do something about it. Yeah, um, that's what we're doing every day, my God friend. Almighty. We're talking about, yeah, we do. And thank you for the call. We're doing everything we can uh, about it uh, by, by sounding the alarms and trying to talk strategies every single day, and we'll continue to do that. Jack, on the far east side of Cleveland, it says, and you're on the air, Jack. Go ahead, sir. Hello, Bob. How you doing? Good, Jack. What's in your mind? You know, uh, your screener told me we can't talk about nothing but January 6th because that's what your interim is right now. So I'm going to put it this way. You know, uh, January. No, no 6th, to, to be clear, no, to be clear, we, no, we said that uh, like an hour ago because I had an interview with Peter coming up, but we are totally clear to talk about it now. Go oh, ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, first thing I was going to tell you, I listened to. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, 
Golden, uh, J- uh, J- Jim Golden, okay. uh, Rumps, Trump's uh, Bo Snurdly, okay, uh, in the evening sometime on my phone, and and Snurdly said something yesterday that made more sense than I could even contemplate. He said that uh, Russ had a program one time called the uh, uh, the uh, uh, what's of American males, and he is so right. I mean, you know, these guys, I'm going to tell you the truth. The right wing in this country, they mean well. But like, like Obama said, they cling to their guns and their rifles. And, I, and I'm a far-right conservative. I'm way beyond the Republicans. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, they sit home on Sundays, polish their rifles up, open up a, 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 a maker's mark, and pat the wife on the behind once and get drunk and eat dinner and go to bed. That's what they do. Nobody in this country has the guts of the 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 the, uh, the conservatives of the sixties, nobody has those guts anymore. Well, well, here's here's the thing. Here's behind. the thing, my friend. I, I've got to interrupt you only because of time, and I apologize for that. I want you to call me back tomorrow, Jack. I like that you call yourself a super conservative. I need more of those, and we need to hear from you. Call me back tomorrow, and we'll talk more about it. But remember, what you're talking about is toxic masculinity, and that is frowned upon. But thank you for that call. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Everyone, be well, be safe, stay free. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com